Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Well, believe it or not, about 72 million Americans are planning a foreign trip this year. That's a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of credit cards that are going to be taken to be used outside the country. But what do you need to know about credit cards when you're traveling internationally? Well, we're going to find out. Jill Gonzalez is an analyst for Wallet Hub, Hub, excuse me, and they have just done a survey, on a, did a report, very extensive report, on credit cards, on international travel fees, and what do consumers really know about foreign fees? Well, we're going to find out. Jill, welcome to Of Consuming Interest. Thanks for having me back, Shirley. Now, this is a very interesting study because it can make a big difference. You're putting thousands of dollars on a credit card, so you're going to travel and probably pay for hotels and pay for all kinds of things on this credit card. So when do the fees start to kick in? Now, we're going to talk about that first, but we'll talk about cards that don't have fees and whatnot. But when do when a consumer is going abroad... When would they expect that they would start being charged fees if, in fact, their credit card charges and fees for international travel? So it can actually start before you even go abroad. Say that you are booking more of like a boutique hotel and you can't book through an Expedia or something like that. You have to book right through their website. Because it's an international website that doesn't have you know, a U.S. base or U.S. shipping centers like some international merchants, that would be a foreign charge on your credit card. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. that would already be charged before you even leave the country. So now if I book with something like a Hilton or something that has an international presence here in the States as well, then that w- would not start applying there. But if I'm using the smaller hotels, which I love, and I've done many of them, um, then I'm going to start paying a fee if my credit card charges a fee, right? Correct. Okay. So, but not airfare. Airfare is, I'm going to pay for that here. That's not going to be part of what I have to worry about. That's right. Okay. Were you surprised to find so many people really don't know that much about travel fees? Yeah. I mean, especially now, I mean, travel has been up since the recession. As you said, over 70 million people expect to go abroad alone. And now with e-commerce being how it is, a lot of people are buying things from international vendors that probably get these charges and don't even know it. So we were surprised to find out that the majority of people, 52%, don't even know if their credit card charges a foreign fee. Oh, well, that can be a rude awakening. Okay, so the fees can kick in even before you leave here. You get on the plane, you have a great trip across to wherever you're going, you get there, and you want to get money out of the ATM. That's going to charge a fee too, right? Right. So uh, there's a little bit of a difference there. That is your debit card, not necessarily your credit card. Okay, that's true. Mm-hmm. And, and even ATMs here, you know, if they're not a network, charge you a fee. Mm-hmm. So that I don't think is as surprising. I think travelers are kind of used to that already. Okay. The other thing to watch out, though, for is when you do make a purchase abroad, the vendor might ask you if you'd like to convert to uh, the local currency. Mm-hmm. And that might make sense to a lot of people, but when they give the vendor permission to do that, there's what's called a dynamic currency conversion that takes place, and the vendor can charge an extra 7% to do that conversion. 
It's not something that they need to disclose. So you're wasting even more money really? if you are uh, turning that into the currency that is used locally. So whenever a vendor asks you that, always say no, dollars is fine. Okay, so the question they ask then is, there, do, are they benefiting from that? Why do they do that? Yeah, that's, the merchants themselves kind of dictate themselves if they can do a 3 to 7% charge on top of what your issuer already is getting from their foreign transaction fee. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a small business owner, why not? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's money that they get to pocket. Okay, so do not get the currency conversion. So that's where you go in. You want to buy a beautiful piece of china or crystal or whatever. And you're asked if you want to convert to local dollars. Or do they ever offer an incentive or do you know for you to convert? I mean, obviously, there's no no reason to convert. And if you don't know that there's going to be a extra fee on there, you're going to be really surprised. Right. Well, they never I don't think they offer an incentive, but for so many people, for so many places that we go, you know, the dollar is going to be a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. So, if you can convert to you know, 20 blank versus $45, that mm-hmm. might seem better to a lot of people, but you're actually losing out on money. I see. So, you do not want to do that. This is not something that we want to do. Don't make the conversion to the local currency. Just use good old U.S. dollars when you're making your purchases. Are they ever, do the, the stores ever require you to make that convert that uh, conversion? No. Okay. That is never required. That's usually just an option that you either can get on a screen, you know, you're pressing yes, no to things, make, make, being sure that your charge is actually accurate. Uh, so that's usually one of those final steps on that screen, or the vendor will just ask you themselves. Okay. So the, the thing that we need to be aware of is, does our credit card charge us transaction fees when we go abroad? All right, so let's get into that. What did you find in terms of the majority of credit cards? Do they charge an extra fee when you go abroad? Many do, and for some issues, there are a couple of issuers like Chase and like City that actually do not charge any fees no matter what card you have. There's others that some cards, they do charge a foreign transaction fee, some they don't, so you really have to pay attention to the card. And then there are some issuers that pretty much always do. Okay, so it's up to the consumer to find out how useful that card's going to be abroad And that's going to depend a lot on what kind of fees you're going to be charged. So there are some choices for consumers. So the important thing is to know before you go, would you say? Yeah, know before you go. And if you know pretty far in advance that you're going on a vacation, which I think most people do when we're going abroad at least, Mm -hmm. apply for a card that does not have a foreign transaction fee. And sorry, I said Chase and City before I met Chase and Capital One. Okay. If you know off the bat that these issuers don't have foreign transaction fees, and they also have really good travel rewards. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a card from one of these issuers, yeah, that's a good idea to go ahead and apply well in advance of your actual trip. Okay, so the first thing to do is to find out. Is it easy to find out? Can you just call your credit card, the number on your card? Yeah, you can call your card. I mean, you can look online. That's one of Easiest the bigger way. Mm-hmm. fees that they'll kind of list out. So you don't necessarily even have to look at the fine print. Mm-hmm. So they should be, well, you can always search for it. What kind of fees does my credit card charge? Exactly. 
So lots of information available consumers. We just have to make sure that we avail ourselves of all that information. So the big thing for consumers is to check it out before you get on that airplane to know what you're dealing with and what kind of fees you might be facing. So let's just take a but let's take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into of consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Jill Gonzalez. She is an analyst for Wallet Hub, and we're talking about a recent study of international fees. And since 71, 72, excuse me, 72 million Americans are expected to travel abroad this year, there can be some significant fees attached to that. Now, Jill, what is the reason or reasons? that credit cards charge an extra fee when you travel abroad? Is there some, is it cost them more? I mean, think of tariffs on imports, right, which mm-hmm. has definitely been in the news lately. Sure. It's kind of the same thing, right? They're kind of charging us for not keeping our purchases in the States. And there are a little bit of a differences when we're looking at Europay versus Discover or MasterCard, Visa, a little bit of the differences just in issuers and net card network. So they may have to take a little bit extra steps to uh, to charge, process that charge. Exactly. What saying. Okay. So, but what what is, is there a typical fee? Is there something that's what you would normally expect to pay? Yeah, the, the industry norm right now is a 3% fee for any foreign transaction charge. Mm-hmm. But that when you're talking about thousands of dollars and charges all over the place, you know, that 3% really adds up. That gets to be real money, Jill, real <laughs> fast, doesn't it? Okay. Exactly, yeah. All right. So so the big challenge for consumers is, is finding out what your card charges. And if you're not happy with what they charge, go find one that doesn't charge. Now, when we're talking about getting a card from a company that doesn't charge you an international transaction fee... Are you going to have to pay a fee for those cards generally, or are no, they no, not okay. necessarily? Um, okay. There's a couple cards. Capital One Venture One comes to mind when there's no annual fee. Okay, rewards rate is about one and a half miles per dollar. Mm-hmm. You get a good rewards bonus, twenty thousand miles. Mm-hmm. Um, good zero percent intro APR for twelve months. I mean, that's a good credit card, and on top of that. It does not charge a foreign transaction fee. So if you're an international traveler, it's a good car to have. Especially if you're traveling a lot. I mean, if you do a lot of, if you do it a business abroad, that can add up to you, either your company or your own business. So that can make a significant difference. I, yeah, I'm, I, I like to know what I'm spending and I like to know what I'm getting for it. So for consumers, the best advice is to go online or, or call the company and find out what fees they charge. Now, Can you negotiate with them and get them to stop it? Generally, no. This is one of those fees where unlike maybe a late fee where you get it waived the first time or Mm -hmm. a credit limit that you can negotiate being brought up if you have at least six months of on-time payment, this is one of those fees where they say, you know what, this is what you signed up for. Okay, so you're just going to have to say, okay, I'm going to pay that or... I'm going to find another another credit card to use while I'm abroad. So, and checking the rewards. So you 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 mentioned the rewards. So you don't necessarily sacrifice getting some other benefits from the card just because you get one that doesn't charge international fees. Exactly. I mean, I think in a few years we're going to see almost no 
more in transaction fees, hopefully, just because it has, you know, once it's the norm across issuers, like it is for Capital One, like it is for Chase, I think other issuers really start to pick up on that. And to be competitive, I think that these are going to fall by the wayside now. Mm -hmm. So other cards are offering no annual fees, great rewards rates, great initial bonuses. I think other cards are going to start to pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Well, I just uh, I just read something on your website, and by the way, give your website where people can go to get information on this study because I think it's a really interesting study. I, I found it fascinating. Yeah, it's wallethub.com, W-A-L-L-E-T-H-U-B.com. And not only does it look at this survey, so we know that we're not the only people who didn't know about this prior, but it actually says, you know, which cards are the best, Mm -hmm. which ones might be a little better specifically for you, you know, what are your travel habits, so you can really figure it out well before your trip. Well, um yeah, there was one person who was writing about the fle- fees that they were being charged, and he said, I can't understand why I have to pay money. It's my, my you know, I'm paying the credit card company. Oh, I pay them. Why, why do they charge me more just to go abroad? This is a good question. Do credit card companies that don't charge a fee, are they losing money? I don't necessarily think so because they're getting more people to use their card, right? So okay, they're still so it's getting competition. whatever fees they charge merchants. Mm-hmm. And I think that they can afford to not charge those foreign transaction fees because they're becoming more and more popular as issuers. Well, that's that's a good point because, you know, in a competitive market like the credit card market, yes, I would I would think that um, the usage would that would be a big significance and a significant factor in whether or not the credit card companies are actually making um, money on these on these charges. Well, they make money anyway, as you do point out. Now, um, suppose you get a credit card in a, another country. You live abroad. Do those people have to pay a foreign fee when they come to the United States? Yeah, generally. I mean, depending on what issuer they have, I think Barclay mm-hmm. Card is probably a good example of a card that a lot of people have abroad that used over here that can be used over here. Mm-hmm. Um, MasterCard visas also are, are good examples. But, yeah, I mean, they work the same way. I'm sure that there are issuers that, again, don't charge fees when in the U.S. specifically and might charge fees even for other countries. Mm-hmm. What, do, what other kind of advice do you give to people who are about to travel, aside from the fact that, that, look, hey, you know, check out and see what kind of transaction fees you're going to be paying. But what about uh, the safety of the card? Do you need to, to notify the card issuer that you're going abroad? Uh, general consumer questions like that. Sure. So it depends. Uh, credit card issuers and credit cards themselves have become a lot smarter even in the past few years. If you book with your Capital One Venture Card, then that issuer knows when you're going to be abroad for. Okay, so they so know kind you're of going yeah. as you book. So you won't have to tell that issuer. But if you also plan on using your city card mm-hmm. and you didn't book with that card, then you should probably give them a heads up before you go. Okay, just call the customer service number and let them know you're going to be away. Exactly. Okay. What about protecting your card when you're traveling abroad? Because theft, pickpockets, um, they're all over the world, not just abroad, but here too. How do you, how do you best protect yourself uh, from credit card theft? 
Well, I think even using your credit card more than cash or debit cards is the first step, right? It's because safer, of course, that's, yes. That's not money automatically lost. That's money that wasn't yours to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fraud process is a lot easier. So that's the, the number one step here. And a lot of these cards, if you were abroad, it might be not overnight, might mm-hmm. be over the course of two days, but they will overnight you or expedite a new card if mm-hmm. it gets stolen. Yeah, well, they want you to spend money. Let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Jill Gonzalez. She's an analyst for Wallet Hub, and we're talking about a recent survey that Wallet Hub did on credit cards and the foreign transaction fees. Interestingly enough, 80 some percent of, of us didn't even know there were or didn't really understand transaction fees. So, it's a rude awakening for a lot of people if they get the bill and don't know they're going to be paying maybe a 3% charge. And that is, you said, Jill, Jill is a typical charge, 3%. Yeah, it's very rare to find anything that ventures from that. Okay, or not any fee at all. Okay, so let's go back to talking about protecting the credit cards when you travel. So you're saying, first thing I do if I lose it, immediately report it, of course, and just make sure that you have with you somewhere else, put it in a safe in your hotel or whatever, um, the credit card phone number and the number of the credit card itself. Would that be good advice? Yeah, generally, you don't necessarily have to have the account number. They'll walk you through other steps to verify that it is you, other things about your identity. Um, I would have, though, in the safe, a debit card so that you can get money out Okay. in an emergency situation. I would offer that before actually carrying around cash. Because, again, that is just lost money. A little bit of safer. Mm-hmm. Okay. But guard it carefully. Um, well, I don't know. So, uh, oftentimes when you call a credit card company, don't they want the card number in order for you to get through? Well, if you don't have it, there's a, usually an option that says, okay. you know, I don't have the number with me, and they'll walk you through other steps. Okay. They might ask for your Social Security number. They might ask for a previous address. This, this. Mm-hmm. A lot of... Uh, identity confirmation steps that they have in place because a lot of times when people are calling they don't have their card they lost it or it right exactly and it but it would be useful carry it with you put it in, put it somewhere i mean you know just in just just in a case now um do people what do people say when they find out that credit cards have a foreign transaction fee were they surprised yeah i think most people were i mean 52 percent didn't realize if their card has it or not, but around 90% didn't realize that the fees can apply both abroad and in the U.S., what mm-hmm. we talked about earlier yeah. with purchases from international merchants. Mm-hmm. So if I made a purchase and the uh, the company, let's say it's in the U.K., I may do an online purchase from them and use my credit card, am I likely to char- be charged a fee? Well, it depends, especially now when so many, especially retailers, like mm-hmm. clothing retailers, a lot of them are based abroad, but they have U.S. shipping centers. Okay. And that allows them to bypass the foreign transaction fee. Okay. But if they don't, but how am I going to know that? I'm not going to know that, am I? Yeah, you're not going to know that. I mean, typically, if there's an option for U.S. dollars on the site, rather than, you know, pounds or whatever, mm-hmm the local currency is, Yes, that's a good uh, idea that they probably do have some U.S. ties or U.S. shipping centers. Even if you look at the shipping and you see that you're going to get your items 
in a couple of days mm-hmm. versus, you know, one or two right. weeks. That means they're coming from the U.S. Yeah. 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 Well, now what about when I go to Canada or Mexico, two neighboring countries? We're going to be slapped with fees there as well? That depends. A lot of times the continent in North America is actually included, mm-hmm. but you won't face fees there. But, again, that, that depends from issuer to issuer. So you got to find Canada out. Is at yeah. least roped in. You got to find out whether or not there's a fee attached. Just do it before you go, as we said. Uh, know before you go. That's a good philo- That's a good good slogan for for most things. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Know before you go. All right. Okay. Some any other significant things that you want to point out about credit cards in general when you travel? Yeah. The other thing is that only about a quarter of people realize that using a credit card is the best way to get a low exchange rate when traveling abroad. It's better than converting money at a bank before leaving, which is, I think, what most people do. Mm-hmm. It's definitely better than converting money when you arrive in a foreign country. And it's probably the most, uh, you see the best rates against converting money at the airport, because that's when they really get you, right? There's oh, yeah. not a lot of options. Okay. So don't do any of that. It saves you time, saves you money. Just use your credit card abroad. But you do need some cash. Yes, for using cash, I would really just get out money with your ATM card once you arrive in the country. Mm-hmm. So that way, that's the safer and easier way, and you don't want to carry a lot of it. But sometimes you do have cash. You need cash. But I think in most transactions these days, credit cards are, you know, I don't carry a lot of cash with me because credit cards are so easy. And so, you know, and I know there are safeguards built in. Yeah, and now so accessible, you know, I was talking to someone who went to the Shuk in the Middle East a couple weeks ago, and everyone had their little square card payments attached. <laughs> they didn't even need cash for that. Is that right? Do do uh, most foreign countries want you to use a chip card rather than the old-fashioned kind of card if they still exist? Yeah, so most other countries, especially in Europe, had chip cards years before America did. I know that, right. So they're well equipped, mm-hmm. probably more equipped than some areas of our country. But there's no problem if your card is not a chip card; you can still use it. Right. Yeah. So even in even in the U.S. now, you know, if you don't have a chip card, you can still swipe. It's the mm-hmm. same for most places abroad. Some places do only take that chip. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a safeguard. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Have Have you just a, a out in the wild question? Have you all found? Have you done this, that chip cards have really cut down on fraud using in credit cards? Yeah, they definitely have, especially since they're, a lot of cards are chip and PIN now mm-hmm. or chip and signature. But for that chip and PIN, I mean, that's, you know, double the safeguard, essentially. Do you think that we're going to move towards the chip and PIN eventually? I do. I think that we're already seeing a lot lower rates of fraud now. Mm-hmm. Well, that saves consumers money. Exactly. Well, it saves banks money, too. So Absolutely. It saves everybody money. Well, the, the you know, the charges I always feel are passed on to the consumer, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we shouldn't shouldn't rail against if, if it happens. You just got to remember that PIN number. Exactly. I think the only problem now is that still so many of our payments are made online. Yeah. And they're card not present sales. So that's, you know, always going to be our demise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, this, well, I'm. Online shopping is so easy, let's face it. Yeah. Um, it makes it makes life a lot easier if you're trying to find some specific item particularly to search out. 
Well, Jill, it's been most informative, and I hope those 72 million Americans check those credit cards before they leave for their trip abroad this year. And I want to thank you all. The the, the website is wallethub.com, and you can find all this good information there and lots of other travel tips as well on using your card. So, Jill, thank you so much for being with us. We've been talking to Jill Gonzalez, who is an analyst for WalletHub. You've been listening to Federal News Radio 1500 AM of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. If you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at Shirley at callforaction.org. Thank you so much for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.